Actually, you can take your Bible out and let's turn to the book of Judges, chapter number 20. Book of Judges, chapter number 20. Last week, we saw in Judges 19 how a band of men from Gibeah of the tribe of Benjamin desired to sodomize an unnamed Levite that was trying, uh, he was staying overnight in Gibeah with an elderly man who was originally from Mount Ephraim where the Levite lived. And to pacify these perverts, the, the Levite's concubine was given over to these men who uh, abused her all night long, raped and abused her, and she died after the attack. The Levite responded by hauling her back home and then cutting her up into 12 pieces and sending those pieces throughout the 12 tribes of Israel as a call to arms to galvanize troops to take action against these men in Gibeah of Benjamin. I know that all sounds really, really strange, but that was the, that was the way things were during the time of the judges. Uh, what may have seemed like just an isolated event impacting one woman of a low standing. I mean, she was just a concubine who was an unfaithful concub concubine at the time. And her Levite husband who lived in Ephraim, it went from, the, from just an isolated inc incident into a national crisis here. And this is what we're going to see tonight. The story highlights the great perversity that had consumed the nation during the time of the judges. It was a terrible time. Um, not Folks weren't very godly. Um, the, the Lord was not in his proper place in most lives. Thankfully, there were uh, some who were made up a remnant, a godly remnant. But sadly, Israel, by and large, had sunk into the depths of of both religious and moral depravity. Sin impacts more people than we will ever realize. It's described in the New Testament as being leaven, which leavens a whole lump. And we're asked to cut it out of our lives, cut sin out of your lives. It's like, it's like a cancer that may be unseen, but grows and spreads in malicious fashion. Now, people try to minimize the effects of what God calls both sin and an abomination. And they want us to follow God, uh, those of us who follow Him, to just back off. And, and they not only want us to back off and leave others alone to pursue their alternative life choices, but they want us to support them and even applaud them in their choices even when the Bible clearly reveals it to be destructive to a society. And then we see how destructive it can be. We will see here that a civil war erupted over this wickedness that left over, think about it, 65,000 choice fighting men lost their lives in a three-day's three worth of battle. 65,000 choice fighting men slaughtered on the field of battle in just a very brief period of time. Now, think about those numbers and all of the heartache associated with those families. Amen. Um, also, the tribe of Benjamin was almost eradicated by what we're going to see here. And these are just some of the sad consequences of sin. Well, let's begin with uh, verses 1 and 2 here. We see Israel gathered together 
and Mizpah to judge Gibeah. Judges 20, verse number 1, Then all the children of Israel went out, and the congregation was gathered together as one man, from Dan even to Beersheba. That's from the northernmost part of Israel to the southernmost part of Israel. With the land of, uh, of Gilead unto the Lord in Mizpah. And the, and the chief of all the people, even of all the tribes of Israel, presented themselves in the assembly of the people of God, 400,000 footmen that drew sword. Think about 400,000 soldiers. Uh, that's a pretty big, pretty big army to draw together, isn't it? Um, the nation came to Mizpah of Benjamin and gathered at the Levites' request. It was a positive sign to see Israel gather for such a reason. This showed that they were willing to deal, maybe, with the, the problem of gross sin in their midst, even though most of the nation had strayed far from God. You know, it's easy for us to see some other people's sin. Not very easy for us to see ours sometimes, and we're going to bring this up a little bit later. But it seems that this great perverseness in Gibeah shocked the very conscience of Israel as well it should have. We know in Deuteronomy 13, verses 12 through 18, I'm not going to take time to turn over there for sake of time, but it instructs Israel how to deal with such abominations among them. It said they must first test the truth of the accusations, and if the charges were true, they then had to utterly destroy those who committed such a deed. Um, and that's what we see happening here. Uh, the second we see in verses 3 through 7, we see the Levite describe the abuse and murder of his concubine. Look at verse 3. It says, Now the children of Benjamin heard that the children of Israel were gone up to Mizpah. Then said the children of Israel, Tell us, how was this wickedness? And the, the Levite, the husband of the woman that was slain, answered and said, I came into Gibeah that belongeth to Benjamin, I and my concubine, to lodge. And the men of Gibeah rose against me and beset the house round about me by night and thought to have slain me and my concubine have they forced that she is dead. And I took my concubine and cut her in pieces and sent her throughout all the country of the inheritance of Israel, for they have committed lewdness and folly in Israel. Behold, ye are all children of Israel. Give here your advice and counsel. So the children of Israel wanted to know what happened so they could determine what they needed to do. And that's just called due diligence. You know, you, you, you don't want to uh, make a decision to do something before you know what actually happened. The Levite spun the story a little bit to his own advantage. What, we, uh, what he said was true, but he didn't mention the cruel and callous way that he abandoned his concubine to this group of guys. And we see, next of all, in verses 8 through 11, we see the preparations for war were made by Israel. Look at verse 8. And all the people arose as one man, saying, We will not any of us go to his tent, neither will we any of us turn into his house. But now this shall be the thing which we will do to Gibeah. 
remember, Gibeah's in Benjamin, and the, the tribe of Benjamin uh, is uh, not really attending this, but calls us about them. And he said, this is what we're going to do to Gibeah. We will, not, we will go up by lot against it. Verse 10, And we will take ten men of a hundred throughout all the tribes of Israel, and a hundred of a thousand, and a thousand out of ten thousand, to fetch victuals for the people that they may do when they come to Gibeah of Benjamin, according to all the folly that they have wrought in Israel. So all the men of Israel were gathered against the city, knit together as one man. And uh, so we see that this was an encouraging response in a very dark time. They came together in unity and decided to bring justice to the people of Gibeah. And what they would do was extreme, but it was valid and a proper, proper fulfillment of God's command to Israel. Now we see in verses 12 through 17, we see the tribe of Benjamin's help was sought but not given. You know, one of the best things you can do is try to avoid a major conflict if you can't. Amen? No, no need to go to war if you can take care of it without going to war. And what they did with the tribe of Benjamin, uh, tried to get talk them into here, tried to talk them into uh, bringing the men that were guilty, men of, of Gibeah, bring the, them uh, to the group so that they could just uh, take and, and judge them. Let's, let's see this in verse 12. And the tribes of Israel sent men through, through all the tribe of Benjamin, saying, What wickedness is this that is done among you? Remember, Gibeah was part of Benjamin. Verse 13, Now therefore deliver us the men, the children of Belial, which are in Gibeah, that we may put them to death and put away evil from Israel. But the children of Benjamin would not hearken to the voice of their brethren, the children of Israel. But the children of Benjamin gathered themselves together out of the cities unto Gibeah. So all the other cities of Benjamin, they gather together, they go to Gibeah to try to uh, defend Gibeah, such as to go out to battle against the children of Israel. Look at verse uh, 15. And the children of Benjamin were numbered at that time out of the cities, twenty and six thousand men that drew sword beside the inhabitants of Gibeah, which were numbered seven hundred chosen men. So you got twenty six thousand seven hundred versus four hundred thousand. Okay? So what you have here. And among all this people, it says there were seven hundred uh, chosen men left handed. Everyone could sling stones at a hair breadth and not miss. In other words, they were very accurate with a sling, slinging stones. And uh, they were left-handed, which was odd. And uh, this, uh, this, these folks in, of the other tribes were not used to dealing with uh, warriors that were left-handed. Okay? So that's going to come into the issue here. Verse 17, And the men of Israel beside Benjamin were numbered 400,000 men that drew sword. All these were men of war. They weren't, these weren't just men. They were men who knew how to fight. Okay? Uh, so, uh, the 
other tribes of Israel did the right thing here in asking the tribe of Benjamin to deliver these men up who committed this crime. They sought to justly resolve the situation without a full-scale war, uh, but the tribe of Benjamin wasn't going to have any of that. They committed a great sin by putting loyalty to their tribe before obedience to God's law. They should have taken God's uh, stand in this rather than uh, saying, well, these are, these are blood kin, we're going to stand with them. The tribe of Benjamin not only failed to support the just cause of the other tribes, but we see that they actively resisted the other tribes with an assembled army of their own. So, so we see the tribes of Israel prepare for a small civil war against the tribe of Benjamin. Israel was right in believing that the greatest good was not unity. You know, I'm sure there was probably somebody in the crowd that says, can't we just all get along, you know? Can't, can't we just have some unity here and just, just forget about this? But listen, unity apart from justice and truth is unity not worth having. And now we see in verses 18 through 21, we see the battle against Gibeah and the tribe of Benjamin. And it didn't go well for Israel at first. Look at verse number 18. And the children of Israel rose and went to the house of God and asked counsel of God and said, Which of us shall go up first to the battle against the children of Benjamin? And the Lord said, Judah shall go up first. Now, notice that they did not inquire as to how they were going to do in the battle. Okay? They didn't ask how they were going to do. They didn't ask for the Lord's assistance in what they were going to do. They just asked, who should we send up first? And the Lord said, Judah shall go up first. And the children of Israel rose up in the morning and encamped against Gibeah. And the men of Israel went out to battle against Benjamin and the men of Israel put themselves in array to fight against them at Gibeah. And the children of Benjamin came forth out of Gibeah and destroyed down to the ground of the Israelites that day 20 and 2,000 men. Think about it. 22,000 lost their lives in Israel in this first battle. Day one of the battle. The... Um, and. In this first battle, Israel sought the Lord, yet we see they were defeated. And why, why is that? You know, we're not told. What we do know is that the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Never forget that. Psalm 19, verse 9. Some have speculated that might have been that they, even though they inquired of the Lord, they went out trusting in the might of their army. After all, they did have... 400,000 on their side uh, versus 26,700. So they went out trusting in the might of their army and in the goodness of their cause rather than trusting in the Lord. Others point to the dire spiritual condition of Israel. Uh, in other words, uh, the Lord may have been judging sin and the rest of the nation at this time as well. Amen. And we're not told why, but we always know that the Lord always has his reasons, and he's always true and righteous in all his ways, and he doesn't have to give us the reason why, okay? 
We may not like that, but, but the Lord does not owe that to us. He is God. <laughs> now, the loss of 22,000 men was a staggering, severe loss in the first battle of this small civil war. After this first day of battle, it seemed that the, the single tribe of Benjamin might successfully resist the other tribes of Israel. What do we see next? Look at verse 22 and 23. We see that Israel sought God after the first defeat. Verse 22 says, And the people, uh, the men of Israel, encouraged themselves, that's a good thing, amen, and set their battle against uh, set their battle again in array in the place where they put themselves in array the first day. And the, the children of Israel went up and wept before the Lord until even and asked counsel of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up again to battle against the children of Benjamin, my brother? <laughs> what did they not pray? Are we going to be successful? Lord, we're going to depend on you for the, for the battle. They didn't pray that. And the Lord said, go up against him. Well, this was not going to be a, an easy or a quick war. After that first day of losing 22,000, uh, they were st still willing to keep fighting. However, the, the loss that we're going to see here uh, uh, in verse 24 and 25 uh, we, we see in verse 24, it says, And the children of Israel came near against the children of Benjamin the second day. And Benjamin went forth against them out of Gibeah the second day and destroyed down to the ground of the children of Israel again 18,000 men. All these drew the sword. So you got 22,000 the first day, 18,000 the second day. Total of 10% of your army is gone. 40,000. Okay. Now, to their credit, the children of Israel did not stop seeking the Lord after the first disaster. They, they humbled themselves a little bit there, wept before the Lord, and sought him again regarding this battle. But uh, the, the, the loss on that second day of the battle was also severe, and this shows that even though the tribes of Israel sought the Lord and fought in a just cause, it was still a very difficult struggle. And this is what I want you to get out of this. Sometimes there is a great cost to doing what is right. Were they trying to do the right thing? They were. You know, Just because you're trying to do the right thing doesn't mean that you're not going to suffer great loss. And we see in verses 26 through 28, we see Israel humbled themselves before the Lord after this second defeat. They finally get to the place, they're brought low enough by these two defeats. And we see, look at verse 26, Then all the people of Israel and all the people, then the children of Israel and all the people went up and came into the house of God and wept and sat there before the Lord, notice the difference here, and fasted that day until even, and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. Those last three things they, they didn't do before. Okay, And the children of Israel inquired of the Lord, for the Ark of the Covenant was there in those days. And Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, stood before it in those days, saying, Shall I yet go? out to battle against the children of Benjamin, my brother, or shall I cease? And the Lord said, Go up, for tomorrow I will deliver them 
into thine hand. That's what they were looking for that they didn't get the first two times was the Lord's assurance that they were going to get the victory. Now, Israel was brought low by these two defeats. Could it have been that they needed to be humbled? And, and these days of defeat compelled them to humble themselves. God used this civil war to humble the whole nation, not just Gibeah and not just the tribe of Benjamin. The whole nation needed to understand that the horror of what took place in Gibeah um, uh, was, was more than, um, uh, than just uh, a little bitty sin. And it was, it was great sin against God. The whole nation needed to be humbled because they first thought that the sin problem was only in Benjamin. Was that true? No. The Benjamin, uh, the Benjamin was just a, a, uh, a little bit further along. And all of them were headed in this downward spiral because of their idolatry. Uh, you, you have heard me say before that you, the reason why Israel well, was uh, so enamored with idolatry is because a lot of the idolatry was involved in, in uh, sexual perversion. And they, 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 that's what appealed to their flesh. And we see that uh, the, the, the uh, end result here in, for the Gibeonites is it brought them to uh, a further perversion. Israel had to see that the nation as a whole had a sin problem. After their first failure, Israel wept before the Lord over their losses. But only after the second failure did they fast and make sacrifices for sins. Sorrow and weeping over losses are not enough if they are not offered with humility, with confession and repentance and put under the blood. Amen. They, they offered sacrifices. That's putting it under the blood. Uh, for, for us, we confess our sins and the Lord is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Um, it's under the blood of His cross. But part of the demonstration of humility here was in the fasting Back in 1827, a commentator by the name of Adam Clark wrote about this fasting. He said, and I quote, he said, At present, it is but little used. That's back in 1827. At present, it's but little used. A strong proof that self-denial is wearing out of fashion. What do you think Adam Clark would think about our days? Hmm? Um, uh, if he was still alive. I mean, if it was true in his day, how much truer is it in our day? Now, the mention of Phinehas as being the high priest means that this is not chronological, okay, in what we've been dealing with. I know, you know, we're going chapter by chapter is what we're doing. But this was actually pretty early on in the book of Judges. It was after after Joshua was was gone, but it was early time during the book of Judges and we know that because uh, uh, Phinehas the high priest is mentioned back in Numbers 25 verse 7 and, and Numbers 25 verse number 11 and that would have been back during the days of Joshua. Now the Lord didn't want the two days of humbling to make Israel think they could never win. They were encouraged to go up the next day and trust the Lord's promise of victory. Now we see the third day of battle brought victory for Israel over Gibeah and Benjamin. 
And I want you to notice the words that we're going to read in verse number 35. They make all the difference in the world in the three days of battle. And it says, And the Lord smote Benjamin before Israel. Let's read from verse 29 though. And we see here a strategy that was used back during Joshua's day at Ai. Israel set liars in wait round about Gibeah. And the children of Israel went up against the children of Benjamin on the third day and put themselves in array against Gibeah as it at other times. And the children of Benjamin went out against the people and were drawn away from the city and they began to smite of the people and kill as at other times in the highways uh, of which one goeth up to the house of God and, and the other to uh, Gibeah in the field, about 30 men of Israel. So 30 more men lost their lives in this strategy that they were using. But verse 32 says, And the children of Benjamin said, They are smitten down before us as at the first. But the children of Israel said, Let us flee and draw them from the city into the highways. And all the men of Israel rose up out of their place and put themselves in array at Baal Tamar. And the liars in wait of Israel came forth out of their places, even out of the meadows of Gibeah. And there came against Gibeah 10,000 chosen men out of all Israel. And the battle was sore. But they knew not that evil was near them. And the Lord smote Benjamin before Israel, and the children of Israel destroyed of the Benjamites that day twenty and five thousand and a hundred men. All these drew the sword. Now notice that they they started with twenty six thousand seven hundred men, and they were there was twenty five thousand and one hundred that were destroyed right here. So the children of Benjamin saw that they were smitten. For the men of Israel gave place to the Benjamites because they trusted unto the liars in wait which they had set beside Gibeah. And the liars in wait hasted and rushed upon Gibeah. And the liars in wait drew themselves along and smote all the city with the edge of the sword. And thinking of all of the women and all the children, all the cattle, everything. As they were supposed to, to totally wipe things out. It's what they were supposed to do. Verse 38, Now there was an appointed sign between the men of Israel and the liars in wait that they would make a great flame with smoke rising up out of the city. And when the men of Israel retired in the battle, Benjamin began to smite and kill the men of Israel, about 30 persons. For they said, Surely they are smitten down before us as in the first battle. And when the flames began to arise up out of the city with a pillar of smoke, the Benjamites looked behind them, and behold, the flame of the city ascended up to heaven. And when the men of Israel turned again, the men of Benjamin were amazed, for they saw that evil was come upon them. The surprise attack here. So therefore they, they turned their, their backs before the men of Israel unto the way of the wilderness, but the battle overtook them, and them which came out of the cities they destroyed in the midst of them. Thus they enclosed the Benjamites round about and chased them and trod them down, 
at, with ease over Gibeah toward the sunrising. And there fell of Benjamin 18,000 men. All these were men of valor. And they returned and fled toward the wilderness unto the rock of Rimmon. And they gleaned of them in the highways 5,000 men and pursued hard after them unto Gidim and slew 2,000 of them. And so that all that which fell that day of Benjamin were twenty and five thousand men that drew the sword of all these were men of valor. But six hundred men turned and fled to the wilderness unto the rock of Rimmon and abode in the, uh, the rock of Rimmon four months. And the men of Israel turned again upon the children of Benjamin and smote them with the edge of the sword as well as the men of every city as the beasts and all that came to hand. they Also they set on fire all the cities that they came to. So uh, as I said, the, word, the words of verse 35 makes the difference in the three days that the Lord smote Benjamin before Israel. Now the two days of defeat made the tribes of Israel uh, ruthless. Okay, They made them ruthless towards the tribe of Benjamin. And they killed thousands of men of Benjamin, and as a result of the battle, there remained only a 600-man remnant from the tribe of Benjamin. And the tribe of Benjamin was undeniably guilty, but there was no need for the complete slaughter as described here. This too severe judgment against the tribe of Benjamin would soon be regretted by Israel. We'll see that in the next chapter, next week, Lord willing. Uh, Judges chapter number 21, we'll pick up there. That is our Bible study for this evening. And so uh, I invite you to take your prayer list out. We'll pray for the needs and we'll be dismissed.